Hey everybody, this is Mike Van Meter and welcome to the Mike Van Meter Show and welcome to your one-stop shop for everything having to do with conservatism, patriotism, constitutionalism, and frankly, just the right way to live your life. And, you know, guys, I wanted to share with you uh, an interview today that I did with Vince Colonnese last week at CPAC and what a great time that was. It was everybody that is anybody in conservative politics was there and uh, I was I spent a lot of time on media row in fact it's a week later you can still tell that my voice is hoarse it was just talking with one person after another but it was fantastic because we got to meet everybody that uh, is really concerned with their country and and we're going to be talking about the state here of Virginia because that's you know where I'm running I'm running for the state senate here in the 33rd district and that's something I talked to Vince about and I just want to kind of prep the show a little bit because uh, um, you know, you're going to see that we talk about the FBI. Uh, that was unexpected. And I'll just kind of talk about how that happened. And then we talk about uh, some things that were my vision or are my vision for the state of Virginia. So, uh, you know, it was if you've never been to CPAC, I'll, the, the only way I can describe it is it's almost like to what <laughs> what Trekkie conventions are to Star Trek fans. It's kind of the same thing. People get dressed up in wild outfits and uh, they have signs, they have booths, they have merchandise for sale. And it's, it's really just almost like a real, you know, motivational, uh, event. I mean, that, that's the only way I can describe it. And if you've never been and they, they, this year and in 2019, I was, I, I was in the Washington DC area at the Gaylord Hotel over in the National Harbor. It's been a couple other places. It's been in Florida, but typically they try to ha- have it here in Washington DC and I, which I think is appropriate because it's right down the street from the Capitol, obviously. And you can get a lot of, um, a lot of people that you see on television, a lot of people that you, uh, that are maybe your representative, you know, people in government that I think in other parts of the country, uh, if it was held in other parts of the country, you're probably not going to get just the proximity of Washington, D.C. makes it an event where there are a lot of people that you can probably get a picture with and speak to that you wouldn't normally be able to. So it was a lot of fun. So what had happened was I had reached out to Vince Colonnese. I, I had met him before. I've been on his show a couple of times and um, just said, hey, look, you know, CPAC's coming up. And if possible, I'd love to get on your show and talk with you. And and uh, he wrote back and said uh, that that would be something that we could do. And he had his producer reach out to me. And uh, on the day of CPAC that uh, we were supposed to have the show, I'm walking around the convention and I get this text saying, hey, uh, if you get down here early at uh, 3.35, p.m. we can get you on early and the the good thing is that uh you know you'll get more time in the air sorry that it's last last minute notice but if you get here early then we can get you on the show so i did that and then when i went down and sat down with uh vince he started reading an article regarding the fbi which i was uh, didn't realize that we were going to talk about but uh i know it's something that vince is passionate about and with uh, me being a retired fbi agent i know he really likes to talk to me about it. In fact, he mentions in in this particular interview that he enjoys talking to me about the FBI and that he wants to do it again. And you're going to hear us also talk about how we first met and just a little background on that. I want to say in 2017, <clears throat> I ran into Vince in a, um, in a store. It was a snow day here in Washington, D.C. during the wintertime. And no one could go to work, but obviously people go out and go shopping and do things like that. I've always laughed about that. But I was in a in a store 
and I'm with my wife. And if you don't know me, I, one of the things I hate the most is shopping. I hate shopping. And so I'm just bored out of my skull and I'm, I'm sitting there and I think I'm reading the news and I hear somebody behind me speaking and I recognize the voice because I'm a sound guy and I recognize the voice and I turn around and I said, you're Vince Colonnais. And he and his wife and their child was very, very young at the time. And they, his wife looked at me stunned, like, you know, how did you recognize him just without even looking at him? And I explained to her that I recognized the, the sound of the voice. I, I listened to a lot of talk radio and she said, nobody ever recognizes him in public, not, not visually. And they were really surprised by that. And I don't think Vince wanted to shop at all. So he started talking to me and I, I told him that, you know, I was an FBI agent. And this is around the time that Andy McCabe had been fired. In fact, he had, within a week or two, he had been fired of, uh, from the FBI. And Vince wanted to talk to me about that and get my impression of that and really ask, you know, what do FBI agents have to say about this? And so we probably talked for about an hour and he was fascinated by this and he had invited me on, on the show. And at the time, this is when this was called the Mark Vine show. And I did that because I did not want to mix my recovery work with uh, political work because I wasn't running, running for an office at the time. I had no interest in it. And I did come on the show, but I came on is Mark Vines. And I did a whole podcast explaining why I went to my real name for the show now. And, you know, the, just the whole explanation behind that. But, uh, you know, we, we maintained a relationship over, you know, from that time till now. And we're going to continue that relationship. And I really value that relationship with Vince. I think he's a, a great broadcaster, um, a great political analyst, and uh, I consider him a friend. So you'll hear him refer to that in this podcast. So with this, he starts out talking about the FBI, and then we move on to issues concerning the Commonwealth of Virginia. So with that, here you go. Here's the interview with Vince Colonnese on WMAL 105.9. All right. Coming up, we're going to talk about the FBI completely out of control. So out of control, it turns out there's a new report. They have informants inside of pro-life organizations. You know about this? I'll give you details ahead on a very busy, live CPAC edition of the Vince Colonnais Show. Well, good afternoon to you. 335 here at News Talk 105.9 FM WMAL, where we're making sense of the news. And we're doing it today live from CPAC, day two of that broadcast. You've heard the boys all day, right? You get this morning, Larry O'Connor, O'Connor and Company, and then Chris Plant was doing his thing. Chris Plant's a rock star, too. It's funny. I watched this guy walk around. Oh, Chris Plant. Chris Plant. Chris Plant is not that great, okay? Right? Am I right? Everyone's agreeing. Everyone's nodding. The whole, everyone in the whole building all nodding along. Yep. He's not that great. <laughs> no, he's great. And uh, coming up today on the Vince Colonnais Show, Julie Kelly stops by. John Lott is here. Billboard Chris. Chloe Cole is actually going to join Billboard Chris. That'll be fun. Curtis Hauk is here. Matt Whitaker. And uh, so glad to have you with us uh, today. I'm looking at a number of stories about the... Uh, this week has been just a terrible week for the FBI and its reputation, which is just a continuation of the... Many, many uh, years now of, of the uh, terrible run for the FBI's reputation. And uh, the story that jumps out to me today, right at the top, is something that Fox put out overnight. Uh, here's the headline. FBI threat tag created after Supreme Court's Dobbs ruling shifted to focus on pro-lifers, whistleblower says. A threat tag focused on pro-lifers. All right. 
So here's what the piece says. It says the FBI created a threat tag following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade last year, but it later shifted to focus on pro-life individuals. An agent-turned-whistleblower told the House Select Subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. FBI Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle from the Wichita Resident Agency in the Kansas City field office said that he felt the use of the threat tag was legitimate because threatening a Supreme Court official is a violation of a federal crime. That's true. The, the FBI has used such tags to monitor similar cases on a large scope. But O'Boyle said this threat tag shifted and began focusing in on pro-life adherence. Quote, when this threat tag came out, it was like, why are you focusing on pro-life people? He told the panel, according to a transcript reviewed exclusively by Fox News Digital. Quote, it's pro-choice people who are the ones protesting or otherwise threatening violence in front of Supreme Court justices' houses, he said. O'Boyle said he later was given a, quote, request for collection and was instructed to ask his confidential human source, who he said was pro-life, a bunch of questions about the threats to the Supreme Court. You got that? A confidential human source who's a part of a pro-life organization was asked to give information about threats to the Supreme Court in the wake of the leak of the Dobbs decision. I'm sorry. Anything jumping, any red flags jumping up? One, why would you focus on pro-life people if the Dobbs decision was headed their way? Two, what, you have informants inside of pro-life groups? What? Quote, and even when I got that, I was like, why would this person know about those threats? He's pro-life, O'Boyle continued. Like, he's not the one who's going and threatening Supreme Court justices. I've got a lot on this, and I want to get to more of the details uh, coming up in this segment and more. Uh, but before I get there, I want to bring in my guest who happens to know a lot about the FBI and the way it operates. Uh, it's Mike Van Meter. Mike is also a candidate for Virginia's state Senate in the 33rd District. We're going to talk about that as well. Mike, great to have you here with me today, sir. Hey, thank you. You know what? And uh, it's good to be with you again because I feel like we kind of go back a little bit yeah. in time. Yes. So it's been a number of years. We actually met randomly in a uh, in a store. Yes, we did. At one point. Don't say what store it was. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> it was won't. it was Home Goods. Isn't that embarrassing? That's what and, and I think that you were about as excited to be there as I was. It was a snow day, <laughs> and I remember hearing a voice behind me, and I said, "This is Vince Colonnese." And I turned around and said that, and you're like, "How do you know that?" And I said, "Well." I listen to talk See, radio. But but then you and I started a conversation, and uh, we've had some conversations on the air before as well, and we've talked about the FBI. Now, you you were at the FBI. How many years were you at the FBI? Um, just under 21 years. Okay, yeah. so, you know, just a few months, essentially. <laughs> uh, just under 21 years. It's a lot of time to be yeah. at the FBI, and just probably see a change to that time. Yeah. Uh, and you worked uh, specifically, especially towards the end of your career, in domestic extremism? Yeah, I did. Domestic terrorism. So, so when you hear a story like this, that... And, and you, you'll know the terminology, that a threat tag was created and that they're supposed to be tracking what's going on in the wake of the Dobbs decision to prevent extremist attacks. And then you find out that, wait a second, why are they targeting pro-lifers? This does put up a ton of red flags, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really does. And, folks, this is why elections matter, because um, this whole area now has been weaponized and, and politicized. And... You know, the FBI, at least when I was in and when I worked domestic terrorism, we went to great lengths to ensure the people's First Amendment um, protected free speech was not violated. In yes. fact, that's, that's one of the things I did when I went to headquarters. One of my main roles was to ensure that, uh, that agents weren't doing that. Because a lot of times agents would come to me and they would say, hey... Mike, I've got I've got a case here, and I this is a domestic terrorism case, and they would present the case to me, and I would say, well, you, you have a case there, you have a criminal case, but it's not a domestic terrorism case because um, that that's a very specific 
type of, of case. Right. And, and there's wickets. And um, without going into all the details, it really comes down to, to this, that this act, when, when there has to be an act of, of violence, sure. right, or a crime, let's start with a crime, yes. and they have to be threatening to use uh, force or violence and to uh, promote a social or political agenda. Yes. And all now, so we call that the, the, the triad. And if you don't meet all three of those, you might have a criminal case, but you don't have a domestic terrorism case. Right. Does that it, make sense? Yeah, of course. But this this takes it in another level. So if you had intel that suggested a domestic terrorist attack was coming, you wouldn't start spying on the victims. Right. You would, you'd be spying on the perpetrators. And here we have the FBI, according to this whistleblower, spying on pro-lifers who right. are, are not, there's no evidence of them even perpetrating acts of extremism in the wake of the Dobbs decision. What are they talking about? Right. And did you, did you see that the attorney general just recently backed off of that? And, and he's he's really backtracking uh, his statements because he on, was he was questioned about this. You're talking about the Richmond memo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. yeah, there's a memo comes out of the Richmond field office that says uh, encouraging agents to begin collecting intelligence on Catholics at the tradition at the at the uh, traditional Latin Mass, and that is lunacy. And it's one of the few times Merrick Garland and, and others were finally able to say mm-hmm. this is crazy. It, it seems to me, Vince, that what's happening is you have an administration that is out looking at ideology, and they're looking at ideology and searching for a crime. When in law enforcement, what's supposed to happen is a crime was committed, and then you go and you search for the person that's committed that crime. And I I, I fail to see in this story that you just read there where that's the case. You know, we don't go out, um, what happens is a crime is committed, and then we go out and we uh, say, okay, a crime was committed, and we're gonna develop evidence to show that that person committed this crime. But now we're looking at people and watching them until they commit a crime. This is almost like, um, you know, say a police officer following you, and they, they want to pull you over. They decide, I want to pull you over, and waiting. I'm going to follow you yeah. long enough until you do something. They're waiting until you do that lane change without a blanker. Then they've exactly. got you. Right. Then all of a sudden, like, finally, I've been trailing this guy for 10 miles. He finally- but this sounds like the federal yeah. equivalent to yeah. that. And, and I know that when I worked uh, in that area, we, we absolutely took went to great lengths to not do that and and something changed something it's, changed it's over awful the years. and then then one last piece on this and then i want to get to your candidacy specifically but mm-hmm. we've got uh chip roy and ted cruz are now demanding answers from merrick garland over uh alleged spying on a pro-life group now i should point out this is a left-wing pro-life group if you can believe it it's called the progressive anti-abortion uprising they want to destroy capitalism if i could encapsulate their views they basically believe corporate america tries to compel women to get abortions to keep women at work so they hate capitalism by extension so they want to destroy capital and by the way there's a lot of truth in that but uh <laughs> but the uh they want to destroy capitalism too so it's amazing actually this is a left-wing group but they're pro-life uh and uh they say that they've had their meetings taped by an fbi informant who's been capturing all of this and now chip roy and ted cruz are demanding answers on this it is just things are getting very out of control. Yes. Yeah. Once again, it goes back to where's the crime? And if, and if I was Ted Cruz, that's, I would bring the attorney general in. I would bring the FBI director in and say, what crime are you investigating? Yes. Was there a crime that was committed? And if the answer to that is no, then why are you there? Yes. Why are you there? So, so your proximity to, to the inner workings of government has prepared you for what you're doing now. Absolutely. Which is, you are now running for office. You're, you're running in the 33rd District yes. uh, for State Senate in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, tell us what, what led you to this decision and what you think you'll be able to do with it. 
Well, I, I'll tell you what led me to this is just, uh, it's a continuation of service. I've done my background, just real quick, uh, I was a helicopter pilot in the Navy for eight years, then I was a police officer here in Washington, D.C., and then an FBI agent. And I uh, have, over the years, I've, I've watched the corruption just over and over, and it's so many different levels. And in all those those jobs, whether I was a Navy officer, a police officer, or an FBI agent, um, you can't speak out. You, you can't speak out. Now, that and that's something else to address, yes. and I know you and I have talked about this before, that in the FBI, um, how political people inside the FBI have openly become. But we never did that. We yeah. never did that. And I was so bothered by what I saw that I, I decided years ago that once I retired, that I was going to go in and be a part of the system that could correct this. Yes. And that's what we're, we're going to do. Because I... I, I'll tell you, now that I'm in the political realm, I, I look around at the people that are running, particularly right. my opponent. There's there's two opponents right now. They have to primary against each other. Um, when you look around, Vince, yeah. at everything that has happened over the last few years, I, I, I'll ask, even at my kickoff dinner, I ask people, is there anything that has gone right? Name one thing that's gone right over the last few years. And the answer was nothing. Well, these are the people that have done it to you. And I want to be part of the solution because I believe that my background, I've been prepared by God. My, you know, in my life, God's prepared me with certain experiences in my life on a lot of different levels to uh, help the people of the Commonwealth of Virginia improve yeah. this, whether it comes to education, when it comes to the increase of crime, um, the opiate epidemic. You you know this now, Kurt, like I didn't mention this. I work as a behavioral therapist. I went back to school after I retired yeah. uh, and, and got a degree in addiction counseling, and I'm on the front lines of that now. And it will... it it. As bad as people know that the opiate epidemic is, they really don't know how bad it is. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's a big problem in Virginia. It is a huge problem in Virginia. And it's a priority of the governor. Yeah. Uh, I I, uh, am in a detox unit right now, and every single day, um, years ago, it would be alcohol, mostly alcohol coming in, some heroin, um, crack cocaine. It's it's fentanyl now. That's what we're seeing. And I'm seeing predominantly people of color, uh, a lot of uh, uh, migrants, this, illegal migrants that have point, come in. By the way, by the yeah. way, that point, when you say people of color, like black Americans in particular, particular. are now disproportionately impacted by fentanyl. And nobody talks about that element of it because it was just a couple years ago, it was actually white Americans who were more, dis- more, yes. more hit. And this is how it was downplayed. The media would downplay it. They're like, eh, whatever. I mean, because they've racialized everything. Now, yet, a, yet another affliction upon black Americans, it's that they're disproportionately being hit with the fentanyl crisis. This has to stop. Absolutely. And in, in, in my districts, which is Southern Fairfax and Prince William County, and if you're listening uh, to me, and, and this is affecting the entire state, the entire commonwealth, the whole entire nation, yes. but if you are a person of color and you live in the district that I, I'm running in, I'm telling you right now, the, the people I'm running against are not prepared. They are not equipped to deal with this issue, and I am. And I this is an issue, whether it's crime or whether it's addiction, that is killing our minorities and if you want this to end, if you want this to get better, yeah. then you need the governor has a great plan. He has people around him, but he needs the Senate. Yes, he and needs that's, this the is my Senate. next question. So right now the problem we, we have in Virginia is Republicans, they do they are they do have the governor's mansion and they do have the House, but they do not have the Senate. They do not. And so we right do. so this is the challenge uh, that Glenn Youngkin faces in, you know, pursuing this agenda. You think that this Senate can be captured? I do. I, I do. And and I live in Northern Virginia, 
And there are people out there, and many of your listeners are thinking there's no way that, that Northern Virginia will not turn Republican. But I'm going to tell you, our supervisor, our county supervisor, is a Republican. And, and Vince, this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. None of these issues are. Whether we're talking about education, we're talking about the opiate crisis, whether we're talking about crime, these are issues for our people that need to be addressed. And, and if you're listening, you need to look at the candidates and say, is this person equipped to do something about this? And I am. I'm prepared for that. And uh, the governor, uh, you know, and, and one other issue, sure. Vince, that I'm going to throw out that the governor just mentioned that was a, is a big issue, and that is the Communist Chinese Party yeah. buying up properties in Virginia. Now, you might think um, at face value that that's not a state issue. It, it, it's a national issue, but it's happening right. at the state level. Right. And the governor wants to end that, and I'm with the governor on that. Well, he's been and pretty we need good to stop. on this. He's been, he's been pretty good on this. I mean, look, I think it was Ford, I think, wanted to set up a plan here. Mm -hmm. But they're relying on all this these Chinese workers. and So, it's, so Youngkin's been getting in the way on that, and he needs yeah. support in the Senate in order to really execute this. He agenda. needs the support of the Senate. Now, but going back to whether a Republican in Northern Virginia can get an elected or not, I know that that my area did not go for Yunkin, but we're working on that because people are turning around. Vince, I, I talk to Democrats every day, even in my neighborhood, and they say, you know what, I'm a Democrat, but what you're talking about makes sense. Yes. And that's what we're asking people to look at. It makes sense that you give the governor the Senate that he needs because the Senate has been blocking all of the common sense legislation that Glenn Youngkin's been yeah. trying to get so through. So do you find among Democrats in your district that they're coming around to Glenn Youngkin? They, they are. They're coming around to the ideas, and yeah. that's what it is. And a lot of them won't say, look, I'm still not a Republican, but I'm tired of what's going on. It's better than Because nothing. we cannot yeah. continue down this road. Yes. We cannot. And I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about what's going to happen. Uh, so, so Mike Van Meter, how do people find you uh, if they're uh, if they're looking for you on their internet devices? So, what you can do, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter. Um, I, I also have a podcast, Vince. It's called the Mike Van Meter Show. Yep. And um, you know, check that out. We're on all of the the podcast platforms that are out there. My campaign website is VanMeterForVirginia.com. VanMeterForVirginia.com. And you know something, Vince? The you know that there's a lot of outside money coming into the state that's going to be supporting my, my opponents and all of the Democrats in general. Folks, we need your help. We need your support. Even if you donate $5 to the campaign, that will help because it's, it's, this is going to be a tough battle between now and November, but we can do it. And folks, if you're listening to this broadcast, please go to the website, vanmeterforvirginia.com, and Mike, help us out. Uh, Mike Van Meter, again, running for state senate in District 33, and, and also uh, an FBI alum, a, a police officer. And Navy. Thank you for all of that. Navy, sailor. Go Navy. Amazing. <laughs> all of those things. Great to, talk, great to see you today. Great to see you, too. Live here at right, back. All right. Yeah, it was good talking to Mike Van Meter. We'll have him back, too. I, I like talking to him about the, kind of the... The domestic extremism uh, nonsense that the FBI is engaging in. So that was my interview with Vince Colonies, 105.9 WMAL, at CPAC. And I really enjoy talking with him. And you can hear all the people in the background. If you've never been to CPAC, they have Media Row. And the people, the public, are right there walking past you. Hundreds of people walking by as you're talking. And that's why you hear all the no noise in the background. And it sounds like I'm I'm kind of yelling. Because it's just, it's a lot of people. They're sitting there watching you while you're broadcasting. And a lot of distractions. But it's also a lot of fun. It really gets you motivated. It gets you motivated to participate in the political process here in the United States. And so if you've never been, please do it. I do believe they're going to have it again next year in the National Harbor at the Gaylord Hotel. So check it out if you if you can. And 
with that, guys, I, you know, you, you know that I'm running for office. We talk about that in the broadcast, or and I'm running for the Virginia State Senate in the 33rd district. So, if you can, please check out our website. Support in any way that you can. If you can contribute, that would be fantastic because my opponents are going to have all kinds of money from outside the state coming in. And so, my website is Van Meter for Virginia, and that's V A N M E. T-E-R-4, spelled out, F-O-R, Virginia.com, VanMeterVirginia.com. So please help us out where you can, and we look forward to the race, and the election is November 7th, and looking forward to seeing all of you out there on the campaign trail. We can do this. God bless America. God bless the Commonwealth of Virginia. And guys, we'll be talking with you soon.